time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies, and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On check it out with Paul. Are we more our Abbott and Costello or Laurel and Hardy? Stacey Wiley's put those two forward for Peter Bind and Paul Matthews. I don't know. I think we'll have to be Laurel and Hardy. We have oh. to get them because, well, Stan was certainly British. Okay. Ollie? Ollie, I'm not sure. I have no idea. I thought they were both American. I just assumed. No, no. Really. Stan, Stan grew up in the, in the variety halls of the UK along with Charlie wow. Chaplin. I wonder how many of our listeners remember Laurel and Hardy. They were still quite a big thing. For the cartoons, the cartoon they used to play in the eighties of Laurel and Hardy. I don't remember Abbott and Costello. I don't really know who was that. Was it Bob and Bob and Mortimer? Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. Vic and Bob. They're still around. Are they still alive? Well, well, yeah, yeah. Bob's still doing a lot of comedy. Vic is painting these days. There we go. He's known as Jim Moyer these days. Really? That's his real name. Oh, he had a stage name. Yes, Vic Reeves was his stage name. I did not know that. Whereas Bob is just Bob. Uh, Nian says, thanks for making my morning. Uh, You've made me laugh so hard with all that dancing and whatnot. We're silly billies, aren't we? Are we? Have you had a good week, Paul? It's been all right. It's been hot. It's been it hot and been wet. Really hot. The nights are still really hot. They right? are, but the good news is from next week. Okay. It's like it's like highs of twenty-seven. Oh, nice. Lows of twenty-one. Oh, give me the twenty-ones, because like even twenty-four, twenty-three still at too night. Hot. Yeah, it's a yeah. Bit too hot. Twenty-ones. Thank you, Paul. You've brought the rains with you. Uh, let's get on to today's book. Yes, uh, after all that lovely chat, I've got something horrible for you. Oh no, the title didn't sound that bad. <laughs> yes, it's called House on the Prairie. Yeah. It's by Xinjiang Suk, translated by Bruce and Jichan Fulton from the Penguin Book of Korean Short Stories. It comes from her anthology, which is called Orejan Jipul Donak. Oh. Uh, a long time ago when I left the house. Okay. Did you say that? Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, and uh, yesterday, uh, did you talk about Gyanu and Jingyo on the show yesterday? No, because you talked about it before already, so we got our fill So you didn't fill. bother? No. So yesterday was, today's Chosol, yeah. and yesterday was Chulsok. Yeah, which you mentioned before. So we, And it did rain. It did. This is meant to do. There you go. And it didn't cool us down, sadly. No. So I've brought the other antidote to the summer heat which is which is horror <gasps> here in korea we love a good summer horror story or horror movie that's a massive thing here isn't it is it, it is is it not so big abroad to do that no no we have right? we have we have a horror movies at halloween we will yeah. talk about this in part okay. three if you had read the script you would know that i was just hinting at it now so we would talk about it later i'm uncannily good at picking up on <laughs> so what we're going to talk about it's almost as if as i i drop hints and then instead of just letting them go you have to unravel them here and now get my little pincers into them yeah so I've got today. I think I think this is this is one of my favourite short short stories. You love a good horror one, don't you? I love horror. Okay. Um, I love creepy horror as well. Oh. So uh, just warning you out there, if you're not in the mood for horror, it's it's quite a spooky one. It's not oh. it's not sort of grisly, gruesome, Gory. and nasty, okay. but it's quite spooky and creepy. Do we even 
even have prairies in Korea? What is a prairie? It sounded like a very American term when well, I was growing up. Peter, let me tell you, a prairie is a large open area of grassland, <laughs> comma, especially in the Mississippi River Valley, or two, a steam locomotive of a 262 <laughs> wheel arrangement. We're not talking about that second definition. No, no we're not. It's grasslands. Okay. Um, I was wondering about that as well, and, uh, you know, if you'd... Uh, if you'd look at part okay. three, you would have um, seen me. So good preview to part three. We've we've yeah. got lots of details out. Yeah. Who's Shin Gyeong Suk then? Really? I know I'm doing it as a listener who's listening for the first time <laughs> and doesn't know Shin. Of course, I'm very familiar with Shin. Okay, yes. <laughs> Shin Gyeong Suk, we've covered her on the show before. In fact, um, we covered her just a, a couple of months ago with Anton Her's uh, new translation of her book about her father, oh. which was excellent. She was born in 1963 in North Chola province, grew up in a small village there, uh, and then came to Seoul when she was 16, mm -hmm. uh, worked during the day, went to school at night, graduated from the Seoul Institute of Arts and Creative Writing, and then debuted at the age of 22, mm. winning numerous prizes, uh, and then going on to write full-time. And uh, she was, when we talk about the Korean wave in terms of literature, she was one of the biggies, because oh. Please Look After Mom, oh. Uh, when that was translated into English uh, by Cheung Kim, I believe, okay. uh, that was a huge hit. It was yeah. the first Korean translated uh, piece of literature to really make it big in the US and the UK and so on. Mm. And ever since then, she's had numerous translations out. They've all been excellent. Wow. Uh, this one is no exception. So, uh, yes, always look out for her name. Always look out for her books. I didn't know she could do this kind of horror creep. Neither genre. did I. Amazing. The it's almost as if I'm going to talk about that in part three as well. Wow. Wow. I'm so good at this, aren't I? Uh, Bruce and Ju Chan. The uh, Fultons. The Fultons, yes. Co-translators and partners in crime mm. or in life, husband and wife. Uh, we've covered them many times on the show before. And, uh, you know, this is basically their... Their love letter to Korea, the Penguin Book of Korean Short Stories, mm. collecting uh, a lot of works translated by them, but also by some other translators as well. Um, we've featured them numerous times. Their books are always interesting. They've published some really big ones. Uh, so always good to have them back on the show. Lovely stuff. So where are we going to pick up this story? Do we need to do any scene setting? Well, it's a short story. Okay. So we're going to approach it as we would as the reader. We're going to read the first part of the story together. Here we go. It sits ivy-covered in the middle of a prairie. People passing by regard it with curiosity, unable to fathom the reason for its existence. Wouldn't you wonder what a vacant house is doing on a lonely prairie bounded only by paddy after dry field after paddy? For a long time it's given no indication of a human presence, and no one appears to live there now. It presents a dreary scene, except for the homey white lace curtain whose intricate weave gives the impression that you can feel the movement of the weaver's hands. Considering the house is vacant, you might think someone would make off with the curtain, but it's still there. The house seems never to have had a gate, and the steps leading straight up to the front entry look steep. One, two, Three, four, nine steps in all. Empty though the house is, the seasons haven't forsaken it. By summer the structure is newly wrapped in ivy. 
No one appears to be tending the house, and yet the vividly green ivy embraces it as if partaking of an emerald feast, luring people to the entrance. But then the visitors sense the eeriness lurking in that green colour, and they turn back without entering. When the winds sweep across the prairie, the gleaming leaves shooting out from the tenacious vines resemble turquoise tongues. Those vines seem ready to coil themselves around the neck of anyone who dares enter. Only the steps extending up to the entrance have escaped the clutches of the vines and their gleaming leaves. Steep and seemingly long untrodden today, they are a bleached out path into the eerie turquoise-colored ivy. Who would believe this empty house was once filled with happiness and song? and with joy the likes of which you might encounter only in legend. The winds on the prairie, that's who. They know that this house on the prairie used to be filled with joy. To this day, when they have nothing else to do, they talk among themselves about the man and the woman, about their wretched appearance when they first arrived at the prairie, and about their love. Welcome to Arirang Radio. If you are in Jeju, 88.7 in Jeju City, 88.1 in Sogipu City, 101.9 in the Daejeong area. Aaron says, whoa, this story reminds me of some of the old horror stories from British literature that I learned about in university. So spooky. Oh, I wonder which which authors you were reading. Yeah. I have to say that that for me, American American uh, old authors as well, Edgar Allan Poe and so on and so forth, oh, Washington Irving. Okay. There are some brilliant uh, horror short stories out there. I used to scare myself silly reading <laughs> Stephen King short stories. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, Stacey Wiley saying, I've got tears in my eyes. Sorry, Stacey, didn't mean to make you cry. Ryan Yan saying, now the story just sounds sad. Oh, I yeah. liked how Peter looked over at Paul after the end of the first reading. <laughs> yeah, and he said, uh, well, not bad. What a loader. No, I'm kidding. It was beautiful, the reading. Yeah, it was getting a bit spooky, but then, yeah, about all the joy that was once in that house. Once. There was joy. Oh, oh yeah, that's. But I'm really curious now. I and mean, the couple, when they arrived, not looking so good as well. I'm really curious about the story. I'm sure some of that must unfold. But the house seems to be like the protagonist in a way mm. through the title as well. The house on a prairie. Are we talking about the US? Because that's what I remember. Funny you should ask that, Peter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, almost as if you didn't ask that earlier. I've studied the um, script. Uh, I don't think it's set in the US. I think it's Korea. It's never explicitly mentioned. Oh, okay. But I wondered whether it was a mockery of the Little House on the Prairie, mm. um, because that was world famous. That was that was shown here too in Korea, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, have you, did you ever see the Little House on the Prairie? In the UK, I remember the cheesy like intro to it. Yeah, everything. running down the hill in yes. slow motion. Good night, charm boy. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was sort of picture perfect life life in the the house in the in, on the prairie. Okay, yeah. So I I wonder if it's sort of a, a mockery of that, mm. um, and. You'll see as we get into the story why it could be a mockery in a rather cruel and evil way. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so the house, the house. I think in in horror literature, for example, uh, if you're familiar with Shirley Jackson, mm. 
Are you familiar with Shirley Jackson? No, surely not. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Shirley Jackson, uh, American horror writer, uh, the award that was named after her was won by The Hole by Pyun Hae Young, oh, translated wow. by Sword okay. King Russell. Anyway, uh, she's one who's, who's featured a house as sort of the main character. Mm-hmm. The Yellow Wallpaper by Charlotte Perkins. Charlotte Perkins is another one where the house plays a role. It's in, in traditional horror mythology. The house, the house sort of alive. becomes a personification of evil sometimes. Well, the thing that you recommended to me that we watched, The House on Haunted Hill, was it? That was Shirley Jackson. That was based on her story. Yes, oh, where the house amazing. is very much the main yes. character. Um, so anyway, yes, we have this house that starts off and we get the impression that it's like it's being swallowed by the ivy, almost suffocating. And it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, on seems. this grassland, okay. you know, surrounded by fields and paddy fields. And we learn the story. This is a very short story. Okay. So, I'm, I'm, you know, so we learn about the man and the woman, never named, mm. who come to the house. They're too poor to live in the city together. Okay. You get the feeling that they may not have even got married. Okay. Though it's never explicitly stated. St- stated, excuse me. Mm-hmm. They find this house. Yeah. It's empty. And they decide, let's live here. Nobody stops them. The Nobody says you can't. Anything, nope. Okay. And they fix it up and they set up house and home and it feels like they've got everything they ever wanted. Oh. But at the same time, the woman's always worried, you know, what if something happens? What if something comes mm. between us? And the man is like, don't worry. Okay. It's all going to be okay. And he mm. works hard. He's out in the fields all day. Nice. And then they're blessed with a baby girl. Fantastic. Happiness. Yeah. And for five glorious years, they are happy. Like and the joy that you'd only hear about in Legends happy. Exactly. Okay. And um, this once empty, sort of slightly suspicious looking house <laughs> is gleaming. It feels like a real home. The girl is healthy. The girl is happy. Her favourite thing to do is all the time she turns to mummy and daddy and she asks, mummy, am I pretty? Oh. Daddy, am I pretty? Mm. And it's their joy to say, yes, you are, my darling. Yes, oh. you are. Love it. Yeah, until one day something happens. <laughs> Let's find out. One day, the woman took the girl to the city. She bought all the items on her shopping list and returned to the house. The wind blew more than you would think for early summer. Each of the woman's hands held a heavy load, and the girl toddled along ahead of her. They arrived at the steep steps leading to the entrance, and that's when it happened. The girl climbed the first step and turned back towards the woman. Her cheeks were pale, as if the outing had tired her. But still she asked playfully, Mummy, am I pretty? Yes, you are, the woman answered. The girl climbed another step and asked, Mummy, am I pretty? You sure are, said the woman. From the third step, The girl asked again, Mummy, am I pretty? Feeling weighed down by what she carried, but fearful of disappointing the girl, the woman managed a cheery reply. I've never seen a girl as pretty as you. The girl jumped up and down in delight whenever the woman answered. At the fourth step, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth. 
With each steep step she climbed, she never failed to turn her pale face towards the woman and ask, Mummy, am I pretty? And the woman never failed to answer, You're the prettiest girl in the whole wide world. Feeling all the while that what she carried was about to pull her arms loose from her shoulders. Silently she pleaded, Oh, I wish the girl would stop asking that question and just open the door. But when the girl had climbed the ninth and last step, she turned back to the woman and asked, Mummy, am I pretty? The items carried by the woman plopped onto the ground. <sighs> Went the ivy leaves in the wind. Yes, I said you're pretty, the woman shouted. The next instant, something felt wrong. She sensed an uncontrollable force penetrating her. She never meant to push the girl, simply reached out to give her a slap on the bottom, but the moment her hand made contact, the girl, as if sucked into a whirling funnel, went tumbling down the step she had climbed so laboriously. No! The woman ran down the steps, but the house on the prairie would bestow no more happiness. No drop of blood could be seen, but the girl lay pale and dying. With her last breath, she asked, Mummy, am I pretty? Well, that took a turn. Yes, it did. It's a horror story. That's just horrible. She's dead, the little girl. She fell down the stairs after this lady She didn't mean her. to. She didn't mean to. It was just meant to be a slap on the bottom. What? And and she's gone. The it's little dead. girl's... What? That's horrible. Yes. Thank you. Thank you very much for this. But there's a bit of spookiness. The uncontrollable force penetrating her, she sensed. What's going on? Yeah. And why this girl insisted on asking, Mummy, am I pretty? Right. All the time. Yeah. And now that's it. And the man and the woman are filled with sorrow. Of course. <laughs> yeah. The woman who has been smiling every single day loses her smile and she seems to age a year for every day that passes, turning into a crone almost. Oh, wow. And she still can't understand why, why she did it. Yeah. And then, blessing upon blessing, uh -huh. another baby girl is born. Oh, okay. And she looks just like her sister. And the man is saying, oh, our first child must have been reborn. Okay. And the woman gets her smile back again. Oh, nice. And they're happy. And the yeah. girl grows well. And the woman regains her youthful looks. And they're happy. And five glorious years pass. Again. Okay, five years. And they wonder, should we move to the city should we go live there for her sake would think, she have I a think, better I life think they should yeah and one day the woman takes the girl to the city to shop okay and when they come back home the girl asks her a question as she climbs the first step let's not get to the third reading that's it for check it out today with paul thanks uh, for having me i'll be back next week with another book so we'll get to that third and i can feel inevitable reading 
Hola a todos, ¿cómo están? Estamos escuchando Arirang Radio desde Buenos Aires, Argentina. Where are you listening from? Let us know. Leave it at arirangradio.com. Mummy, am I pretty? The woman wanted to drop what she was holding and embrace the girl, saying, Baby, stop that. The girl had never asked such a question. The girl, her manner frosty, recoiled from the woman, then asked again, Mummy, am I pretty? The woman couldn't help answering, Hmm, yes, you're pretty. She broke out in a cold sweat. What is happening? From the second step, the girl asked again, Mummy, am I pretty? The woman felt her knees buckle. The nightmare of five years ago had returned. Desperately, she answered, You sure are? From the third step, the girl asked again, Mummy, am I pretty? With all her strength, the woman pressed down with the soles of her feet. Yes, you are. Help me, honey, the woman silently pleaded to the man. And now they're at the ninth step. She tried to focus. I absolutely mustn't make the same mistake. The girl climbed the ninth and last step as on that day five years ago and turned her pale face towards the woman. Mummy, am I pretty? As much as she tried to steal herself, the woman was shuddering. Yes, you are she answered, the prettiest girl in the whole wide world. The girl stared at the trembling woman with a dubious expression and said, Then why did you push me, mummy? When the man returned from work, the house on the prairie was empty. There was no sight of the woman and the girl, only the shopping items scattered about the steep steps. The man waited for them for the longest time. He stopped eating. He didn't go to work and he waited. More for the woman than for the girl. But the woman didn't come. Every night the ivy coiled itself about him and then released him. Each passing night left him more wasted. And then one gusty night he heard the ivy leaves calling out and he squatted down to listen. Mummy. He shut his ears, but still heard the woman's feeble voice. Yes, you are. At daybreak, his face devoid of colour, he slipped out of the house on the prairie and left, never to return. The empty house is still there on the prairie. Oddly enough, the turquoise hue of the ivy leaves gleams more with each passing day. Even if you're a poor wayfarer who happens upon the house as you pass by the prairie, you mustn't stop. Once upon a time, happiness and song lived in that house. But even if the homey white lace curtain woven by the woman entices you to enter and settle in, you must back off. Unless you wish every night to hear the woo of the gleaming turquoise-colored ivy leaves 
and the nine steep steps whispering on the wind. Then why? Why did you push me, Mommy? I don't like it. I don't like kids in horror films. It makes it even scarier. Like little innocent children. Okay. And that's that's the end, is it? That's the end. Uh, points if you can name the backing music and the original uh, singers. I was trying to think as much as it Beatles Holiday. It's not the Beatles. Is it monkeys. No. The but the, the gorillas. The Bee Gees. There we go. Yeah. Oh, you know you know why why this song was chosen. Why? If you've ever seen Injong Sajong Bulkodopta. Uh, nowhere to hide uh-huh. or nowhere to run. I can't remember which okay. one is the English title. Brilliant film by Im Young Se. Yeah. This song, the Bee Gees Holiday, is uh, the track used for a slow motion sword assassination on a staircase as the ginkgo leaves fall Ooh. at the very start of the film. Wow! It's the spookiest, most astonishing sequence you'll ever see in Korean cinema. And if you haven't seen that, you might have been a bit confused as to why that was being played. No, because it's also haunting. Quite, quite a nice track. Yeah. Um, a very important message from Tiggerish Paul. Am I pretty? Peter, am I pretty? Yes, Tiggerish. <laughs> You're so pretty now. Climb up the stairs. <laughs> Jennifer saying, just took a very drastic turn. Why do I see mummy? Am I pretty coming out again? She said after the second reading. And oh, there bish, it was. Bash, bosh. Aaron saying, the way the author describes a scene so chilling, so sad and spooky. Honestly, the most suspense I've ever felt during a song break with one of your readings, Paul. Wow. Um, and Sherry saying, need a more hopeful story next time. Why did you go for this one? Horrible and horrorful. Yeah, well, I'll come to that after I read a message from Sammy. Okay. Who says Paul should make full audiobooks. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but I would definitely listen to them. I have done a few. Absolutely. You should uh, do more. Uh, when clients contact me and give me... Cold hard cash. I do. I do do my own. We should sometimes. just save these all up and put them into a giant audio book. I, I feel. don't think we have permission for that. No, I don't think so. Either. Okay. Now the reason why I brought this is because it's summer mm-hmm. and it's traditional. It is traditional here in Korea, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. No, we're not talking back to the Joseon Dynasty, no. but certainly for decades, for a few decades, horror movies mm. have been the thing to watch in the hot days of August. Yeah. Why? To chill you down, to tingle your spine. Exactly. Give you goosebumps. Yes. Uh, because you do feel cooler for it when you watch a horror movie. Yeah. I haven't seen any horror movies out this year, mm, this summer. Not as many. It's like usually they're all over the billboards, right? Yeah, I think the pandemic has sort of messed things up. And we've had movies that been, have been delayed for so long and they're yeah. all getting released at different times than they were supposed to. And so maybe next year we'll get back to horror movies in August. But certainly it's a tradition. I love horror in August. Yeah. And I love that we get this sort of really unsettling, creepy horror from Shin Young suk who we sort of know for family dramas or historical romances. or So different. Yeah. What's going on? Well, she's an, an excellent writer. Yeah, it's unbelievable. This was really good today, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an amazing story. I know horror is not for everyone, and I don't feature horror that often. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of horror yeah. things, like Cursed Bunny by uh, Bora Chung, for example. Yeah. Um, but horror is really good because it speaks to our lives. Mm-hmm. It, it's sort of like science fiction. It's actually about reality, and it's about what we're going through. Yeah. And I think this story in particular speaks to the pressures that parents feel, mothers and fathers, what they're under, and how that the demands of a child 
can be too much mm-hmm. and how even though you don't realize it your action your one action or your one word can have a devastating impact on your child oh, is that the moral okay i'm getting it more i think now. so look yeah. for example i'm sure you remember things that your mother or father did or said yeah. that hurt you of course but i think if you brought them up to your mum she'd go when was that yeah i don't remember that of course but it had such a psychic impact on you yeah um so i think this this sort of speaks to that and and the guilt that parents feel sometimes when they realize the impact they have on their children yeah um and it's also a good reminder that we need to be more understanding of our parents mm-hmm. that they're going through a lot of pressure and sometimes like Korean parents famously are good at scolding and criticizing mm-hmm. but they're not necessarily doing it because they don't appreciate you of course they're doing it because they feel pressure on themselves to bring you up in the right way yeah almost to the point of perfection right a one line review for this chilling tale a perfect slice of ghostly horror that leaves you breathless and unsettled and chilled. Great for the summer heat. <laughs> Thank you so much, Paul. It really does cool you down. It really does work. Brilliant reading. Uh, yeah, thanks to everyone. Thanks, as always, to the Literature Translation Institute of Korea for their help with copyright permission for all the broadcasts. Thank you to Shin Kyung-suk for a chilling story and to Bruce and Juchan Fulton for their translation. Next week, not horror, but science fiction. I'm really looking forward to this. It's the first full-length novel translation of Juna, the oh. science fiction writer with their book Counterweight, translated by Anton Herr. That's Counterweight by Juna, D-J-U-N-A. I am P-A-U-L-M-A-T-T-H-E-W-S and I'll see you next week with another book. (laughs) See you next week, Paul. Thank you. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.